0: Is brought to you by the wonderful people at the Just Ask Sherry podcast, aka me. So let's get some housekeeping out of the way first. So go ahead and send me your questions, scenarios, or just your comments at justasherry at gmail.com, or you can follow me or hit me up on Instagram at (laughs) justasherry. Sherry, i have such a dilemma my boyfriend just proposed to me and i love him so much but i absolutely hate the ring he was so excited to tell me how long he took to design it and how excited he was to give it to me now i hate this ring and whatever he spent on it is way too much i'm tempted to drop it down the sink and hope that it gets flushed away but i know that would just crush him what do i do do i wear the ring and just bear it Or do I tell him that it just doesn't fit my personality? Okay, so can I assume that um, he either got a super like funky um, setting (laughs) or it's tiny? Um, So basically, you just hate the ring. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You, You said a couple of key things. Um, He spent good money on it, and he designed it, and he was so excited to tell you that he designed it. Now, I always feel like people think like your partner really, really gets your taste and knows your taste. They don't. They don't. I won't tell you the number of women I know who are currently wearing a engagement ring that they detest, they hate. When they show to people, they're like, yeah, I know yeah i know that's why i try and practice when someone shows (laughs) their engagement ring going oh my god he did real he did a good job he did a good job even if it's like something funky and really ugly because sometimes you need those positive affirmations you do you do when you have an ugly ring like uh maybe it's not that bad right it's like that episode of sex in the city when um I think it was Aiden proposed to Carrie with, like, some weird, like, a marquee cut and a big gold band. And she was just like, ugh, this is an ugly ring. And ended up telling him, and it really hurt his feelings. That's pretty much what would happen here, right? Because he spent a lot of time and effort, and that's, really, that's what a ring is, right? This is a gift and a promise. In some states, you gotta give the gift back if it doesn't work out. But you have to think about it like a gift and he is genuinely giving it to you from his heart is it is an expression of his love for you and even if you think it's the ugliest thing in the world unfortunately you cannot tell him that and he designed it so it's probably like inscribed with something you know to from me to you the love of my life yada 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 um, so, yeah, the jewelry store's not taking it back. Let me, let me just be frank with you. They're not taking it back. And who knows how long he's had the ring for. So, even if you were within, like, a window where they could potentially take it back, it's probably outside the window. Because, you know, every man that I've known that's proposed hung on to that ring for a while. Like, had it for a while before they actually, you know, dropped to one knee or popped the question or anything. So, you may already be out of your, you know, like, 30-day return window or with engagement rings, I think it's even shorter. I think it's like five days. Okay, right, And that's if it's not like a custom setting. Um, but yeah, plenty of people have ugly rings. Rings they hate. You know, this is my mother's ring. Um, this is my grandmother's ring. Or it's a non-traditional ring. And you might be a traditional person. So, you know, propose with like a pearl. Um, in certain cultures, they don't do diamonds. They do other stones or other types of rings. Um... Yeah, like I had a coworker who I think her fiance was like Irish and he had like some love knot ring and she really just wanted like a Tiffany solitaire. And she couldn't tell him because he had gone to like, I don't know, I don't know, love knot like Scottish Irish. He had gone to some special place and gotten it done. And, you know, you know, this is so special to him. And she couldn't tell him that she couldn't be like, I hate this thing. What is this? What is this? So alternatively, you you can't tell him that. He spent too much time. It's the thought, the thought that he put into it that is going to be an issue if you tell him that you hate it. Now, if he had given you the disclaimer that, listen, I designed it, but if you don't like it, we can get you something else. That would be different. And you also have to know your fiancé. You also have to know your fiancé. Because sometimes people will say things to you and they don't really mean it. Right? So he might have said, you know, if you don't like it, we can find something else. But, you know, the disclaimer on that was, I really hope you like it because I'm going to be hurt if you tell me you don't because I put so much time and effort and love into this ring. So, no, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. You're going to have to just grin and bear it. Now, realize once you actually get married and you have the whole ceremony and thing, you can put that thing away in a drawer. You can put it in a drawer. Get, you know, a band that you really like, a wedding band that you really like, and you can wear that. You can wear that. You can put the ugly ring in the drawer. Now, what I've seen some people do where you might, you know, come into some trouble is if you decide not to do a wedding band and you go through the ceremony. He has a band, like a wedding band, and he says, instead of getting a wedding band, why don't we just do it with your engagement ring? Now, if that happens, then you're stuck wearing that thing. You can upgrade it. You can upgrade it in a couple of years. Years. But, yeah, you're pretty much stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Now, you could tell him, but I wouldn't recommend it. Do you really want those problems? I mean, it could be considerably ugly. I've seen some ugly, ugly rings. But, like anything else, like a bad haircut, eventually you don't even see it anymore. Right? Right? you just wear it until you can slide it in a drawer. You can always say, "Uh, oh, you know, my fingers got too fat. I can't wear it." But then you can go and get it resized and then there it is again like a like a bad penny, like a bad penny popping up. But yeah. Fine, you know, when you get married, then you can get a wedding band that you like and you know you pass this one on to your kids or your grandkids when you're done, because I'll be honest with you if you tell him now that you know I hate the ring, I want a new ring, you're gonna be like ninety years old in wheelchairs sitting next to each other, and old Leroy's gonna be telling that story about how his wife um hated the ring and made him buy her new one, and you'll be like, Leroy, Leroy, stop telling the story, stop telling that story, but it's true, it is absolutely true. People don't forget that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, it's not worth the hurt. You know what I mean? Now, granted, you have to wear it. Now, ugh, who hate? Listen, I'm a jewelry gal, so there's nothing I hate more than ugly jewelry. But in this instance, unfortunately, you're going to just have to grin and bear it. Maybe you get some, you know, bands around it to make it more attractive. I don't know. But you're wearing that thing for probably a year until you actually have that the actual ceremony, and you can slide it in, you know, like a, like a draw, but I'll tell you a funny story, <laughs> I had a coworker who designed this ring for his fiance, and let me tell you, that thing was, that was the fugliest ring, it had like some kind of weird swirls, and like, oh, it was, it was tacky, it was terrible, it was terrible, terrible ring, but he was proposing overseas. So he had a duplicate ring made, a duplicate, and put the real ring in a safe, right? Kept the real ring at home and proposed with the duplicate ring. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, she can't even fake lose that thing because he's got another one at home. He's got another one at home. (laughs) I had a friend who actually, quote unquote, lost her ring on purpose her boyfriend proposed on a cruise and before they even got oh, I think it was like she lost it the next day. And you know, he told me that story and she told me that story and he didn't believe that she didn't she didn't lose it on purpose. And I saw pictures of the ring. It was fugly. It was fugly. Uh yeah. I, I totally understand where she was coming from, but I sailed that to say they're not together anymore. They're not together anymore because it hurt him so badly that she lost the ring so quickly because he was like, you didn't even put any value on something that I gave you because this is an expression of my love for you. You just lost it. Who loses their engagement ring? And he never bought her another one and they ended up breaking up. So, yeah. Some things you just gotta, gotta grin and bear it and act like, you know, it's all hunky-dory. Because he's gonna be he's gonna be insulted. Since he was so excited about designing it, and he felt like, you know, he felt like he was Mr. K from K's jewelers, you know, Mr. Cartier. Yeah, just let it go. That's okay. As soon as you get married, you can uh, go ahead and just wear your wedding band. And you can put that thing in a drawer. But until then, just wear it. It's fine, it's ugly, it's fugly. But he proposed and that's what that's what you know really matters is he loved you enough to design and want to do something special for you so yeah go ahead wear your ugly ring proudly dear shari My boyfriend asked me to move in with him, but I have a serious reservation. It's because he has the demon cat from hell. That thing only likes him and it hates me. My boyfriend keeps telling me that the cat's just playing with me and that it has to warm up to me, but it's tried to bite me a couple of times and it hisses at me. I don't even go over there if he's not there. Can I ask him to choose between me or the cat or am I setting myself up for failure? Yeah, no, 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 no. You can't ask this man to choose between you and the cat because I'm going to be so super honest with you. You're going to be right back on eHarmony, um, Tinder, uh, Farmers Only, Match, all of that looking for somebody new. Because, yeah, that cat was there before you. And, you know, you don't play your cards right. That cat's going to be there after you. And it seems like, you know, he wants to take it to the next step. And it's not to say that the cat does not genuinely dislike you. But you have to figure out a way for you and that cat to live in a harmonious fashion. I don't know if you invest in some catnip, um, some cat treats, toys. I don't know. It's hissing at you and trying to bite you. I mean, all that's left is for it to, like, start peeing on your stuff. And it probably has. It probably has. You probably just don't realize it. Um... There's a guy on Animal Planet, he has that show my cat from hell. You might want to seriously spend some time, get a notebook out, take some real copious notes, because if he has to choose, he's not choosing you. Now understand, that cat has been with him through ups and downs, Um, in the midnight hours, just him and the cat, him stroking the cat, the cat holding him, they're holding each other. Yeah, he's not choosing you. He's not. Is not choosing you. It would be different if you had like a severe allergy to cats. Then maybe you could say, listen, you know, babe, I'm I'm really allergic. I don't know if I can move in with you. But once again, I'm going to be honest with you because I've actually seen this happen. He may ask you to get the allergy shots. I had a friend that happened to that her boyfriend had a cat like some random cat he found on the street. Like, he rescued a cat. Let me not get in trouble with PETA. He rescued a cat. He did a, a fantastic thing. And she was super allergic to cats. Super, like, hives, asthma attack, and everything. You know that man asked her to do the allergy shots? And she did. I mean, they're now married and happy and you know, living with the cat in there. But, yeah. Because, you know, she understood. Like, You're talking about a defenseless animal that he loves and he takes care of. He's like, you can find somebody else. Nobody else is going to take this cat. This is like my little fur baby. And now I have never lived with cats because I'm very allergic. And whenever I say that to people, like cat people, they laugh because they're like, oh, you just don't like cats. No, no. There are some of us who are allergic out here. Um, They go everywhere. 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 They're nimble, they're quiet, um, he probably has that cat sleeping in the bed with him, you know, up on the countertops, all of that, right? So it's not to say that the cat does not genuinely dislike you, because it sounds like it probably does, but you have to figure out a way to coexist, right? So, like, my mother's dog is part chihuahua, and they say that chihuahuas tend to only love one person, and I will absolutely admit that. It took this dog five whole years to warm up to me, and she's currently seven, five years. Five. I'm talking about to the point where, like, if I call her, she'll come to me. Cause she's very rude. She'll look. Her name is Lucy. She'll look up in the sky, like she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Like, uh, did I hear a wind calling my name? Yeah, she's she's very rude. So if the cat is anything like my mother's dog. Yeah, you're in, you're in for a long road, but you just got to let the cat be the cat, right? Maybe you're trying to be too friendly. Maybe you're trying to pet it. It doesn't want to be petted. It Maybe when it sees you, it sees somebody encroaching on its territory, right? So it's just like, nope, 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 nope. I don't like you. And that's okay. That's okay. But you have to get it to a place where it's not like trying to kill you. It's not, you know. Sleeping on your chest and staring at you in the middle of the night in hopes of going for your jugular, and some of these cats can get pretty big. Some of them can get pretty big, and they're pretty nimble even when they're huge. So, yeah, you might you might want to figure something out because it sounds like this is someone you are really you know interested in you. You know the whole moving in thing. That's that's big. Um, yeah, you have to figure something out because I can almost, I won't say 100%, like, I'll do 99.99, this is Maury's show, right? um guarantee you that if you say to that man, listen, I don't like your cat, and your cat doesn't like me, and let's find a new home for the cat, because if you have to choose between, I, I, I need you to make a choice between me or the cat, he's going to tell you the cat, Okay? The amount of secrets and shenanigans that cat has seen and helped that man through. Yeah, he's 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 going to tell you he's choosing the cat and that, you know, you two are not a fit because if you can't love my cat, you can't love me. Right? People will tell you. The animals know. So, I don't know what happened with you and the cat. Maybe it's just a mean cat. Maybe it's just a one-person cat, or maybe it's a cat that only likes men. I feel like some animals just gravitate towards one gender or the other. I don't know. But what I do know is the past does not matter. Going forward matters. And going forward, you need to be able to live with that cat because they'll bite and scratch you, pee all over your stuff, make your life a nightmare. And who wants to live with something that hates them. Like, <laughs> it's like a horror movie. You don't know when that thing's gonna come springing out, you know, out of a corner and try and attack you. And they're pretty quick. They're pretty nimble. Those claws are very sharp. I wouldn't take that chance. So, I would figure out a way. I don't know, you need a pet uh, pet psychologist, um, try and get on that show on Animal Planet, get some toys, a little catnip. I don't know, walking around with, like, I don't know, pieces of chicken and turkey in your pocket to try and win over this cat. I don't know. But you might even want to talk to him about it and say, you know, I want to have a better relationship with this guy. I know it sounds, like, so ridiculous, right? Like, you have to, you have, to have a conversation about having a better relationship with this man's cat. But, it, yeah, it's it's something you're going to want to invest in because he's not going to choose you over the cat right? He, he's not. This is something that he's loved and cherished and taken care of this whole time and you're a fully functioning adult he's going to say, you know, like you're cruel and mean to even ask him to do that and especially since you don't have like an allergy and I have an asthma attack and like I said, my friend yeah, she was allergic to his cat she ended up having to take the allergy shots uh, yeah you don't really have an excuse other than we just don't get along and that's not going to work That's not going to work. So I would recommend you figure out a way to get that cat to tolerate you so that you can tolerate it. Asking for it to love you might be a lot. That might be a lot. But I feel like you all can live harmoniously. My dog and my mother's dog tend to live harmoniously. They don't like each other. They're frenemies. They're frenemies. But they know they have to coexist. They don't have a choice. They're around each other all the time. They have to coexist. That's what you have to think with this cat. We have to find a way to coexist. Hey, listen, like 99% of the population, if you're going to work, you coexist with your coworkers, right? You have to. You have to. So you already have these coping mechanisms and ways to, you know, get around personality conflicts. Just use that with the cat. Use that with the cat because if this is someone that you see a future with... You know, everybody got issues. Everybody has baggage. And his cat is his baggage. So you have to figure out how to share that load. So yeah, don't ask him to choose. That'll be the dumbest thing you ever did. And you'll end up right back being a single gal out here trolling the bar scene. Because he's going to choose that cat. And the next person that he's with will understand how much that cat means to him. And know never to ask that question. So yeah. Your dilemma. Uh, it sounds like you need a little bit of work, but I, it's an absolute hard no. I would not make him choose because you're not going to like the outcome. So this is my reality rant. So by this time, everyone's seen the jo- the Chloe, Jordy, Tristan fiasco that entailed, right? So I will say this: that Jordy sure did learn a lot from that Chris Jenner. You know, they were playing checkers, and Jordy learned how to play chess. She pulled out the big guns. I watched that Red Table Talk, and I have to tell you that I came away with it with a couple of things, right? Those Smiths wrapped their arms around her and said, No, 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 young girl, we're going to protect you and shelter you, because those Kardashians, oh, they were like hyenas- They were going to rip her limb from limb, and I'm not saying, not rightfully so, but those Smiths, you want to talk about stepping in the gap, they stepped in the gap between her and the Wolves, and I came away from that thinking, okay, she's got to be a very nice girl, because she came across very, very warm, like, I felt like, I was sitting at the table with my with one of my aunties, right? Like at the kitchen table, like, uh, auntie, let me tell you what happened. And it was a very safe space. It humanized her. It made you say, okay, you know what? She is 21. Like nobody was murdered. There no There's no blood on the table. And what she did was wrong. Absolutely 100, 1000% wrong. What she did was absolutely wrong. But at the end of the day, who hasn't made a dumb mistake? Like who hasn't done something dumb, especially when you're you're twenty one, young and dumb, and especially living that kind of lifestyle, they're young, dumb, and they don't they're not working, not in school, none of that. You can only imagine the foolishness that ensues, right? But those those Smiths stepped in the gap and that right there, that was a power move. Like the strategy of that, I know Christian or some were clapping, going, uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what you did there, young grasshopper. You learned a lot at my knee. And I just felt like somebody should have grabbed Chloe's phone. Because if she hadn't tweeted out the, you know, you destroyed my family stuff, yeah. We would still probably be feeling bad for her. But that whole, you know, them gals have had some sketchy, sketchy behavior. So, you know, when you do dirt, dirt comes back to you. Right? So how you met him is how you lose him. And... And I say, him or her. Let me not discriminate. When you do dirt, you get dirt. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. You end one thing before you start a new thing. Even when, you know, it's love at first sight. End what you're at before you start the next thing. Because, yeah, karma comes rolling around that mountain. Right? So, what else? Oh, so, the R. Kelly. Now, I know a lot of you have seen the documentary. Listen, he married a 14-year-old. That's all I got to say. He married Aaliyah, okay? He, he was a full, full-grown man and married, like, a 14-year-old. So, okay, so the, the Gail King um, interview. Kudos to Gail. Kudos, because that man acted every single bit of a fool. It was trapped in the closet, um, chapter 252, with the Zorro mask on and the cape. Oh, he acted a straight clown. Straight clown. And when I tell you her level of composure, composure, I, I had to clap for her. I had to, she was a whole mood. Gil was a whole mood. I mean, he's getting up, gesticulating, flinging left and right. I mean, the camera guys are, like, getting ready to seize him. Like, this episode, I love hip-hop, and the bodyguards are stepping in. Gil didn't even twitch. I looked at her body language. She didn't freeze, and she didn't twitch. She just sat there like, uh uh-huh, uh uh I'm gonna let you get this out. It was like a temper tantrum. It was like a parent watching a temper tantrum, and he did all that. And she was like, "All right, come on, let's sit back down. Let's let's compose ourselves. Let's get ourselves back together, and figure out. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna answer these questions. Yeah, I I'm sorry. Lock him under the jail. Lock him under the jail. I'm sorry. You're old, and he's not even an old man. But when you're dating a 13, 14, 15, you're a dirty old man. Dirty old man. And we're not here for it. We're not, I can't listen to none of his music. I need to love a little R. Kelly. No, mm-mm. not here for any of your music. And sometimes you just got to be quiet. Like, he told on himself, like, I'm not locking anybody in my sub-basement chained up until they need some shoes and they're going to walk down the street barefoot to their uncle's house to get some shoes. Um... Uh, I know, like, (laughs) (laughs) who gets that specific in stuff that they're telling you that they did not do? Like, who comes up with that whole scenario? That whole scenario was so crazy. He just looked crazy. The tears. I mean, all that was left was for him to, like, fling himself on the ground, roll from side to side, you know, sobbing and saying, you know, these people are just doing me wrong. I mean he windmill the air he fake fire. I mean I was terrible it was terrible it was the most ridiculous display I've seen in a long time outside of like the kindergarten class I, yeah 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 that that was a full on show and not even a good one not even a good one I, you know if if I gotta give an Oscar to him or Jesse Smollett I'm giving it to Jesse cause at least he was more composed in his tomfoolery. This guy, is it is literally, you doth protest too much. Like, you doth protest too much. You're doing too much. You're doing too much right now. You don't need to do all that. You don't need to do all that. We don't believe you. You need more people. Right? So, yeah. Let's lock him all the way under the jail. So, um, has anybody caught um, seeking sister wives? Let me tell you something. I binge watched that show. And what I am so amazed at is that most of those people are not in the polygamous, like that church um, lifestyle. They, it's like, oh, it's, you know, anthropology and I want a sister wife to help me raise my kids. So there's a couple on there, a younger couple. And yeah, you know, like, oh, it's about anthropology. We're looking for someone. So they finally found this chick who I guess was her friend. And let me tell you, I was so so grossed out. Oh my God. Um, so they don't eat meat and they're on an alkaline diet. So they say to her, you know, we're ready to take it to the next level, which means they're getting ready to be intimate. Um, her and the chick's husband, um, and they want her to go on an alkaline diet so that, um, they don't give each other any infections or anything. Because they'll both be at the same pH balance. When I tell you I gagged, I gagged. I'm not talking about, like, when Glenn Close saw Billy Porter in that fantastic, a tuxedo gown at the Oscars gag. I'm talking about, like, bile. I mean, you actually put that on TV. Like, people are super free with it. Super, duper, duper, duper free with it. I mean, they know I always want to know where do you work because i'm here to tell you i work a regular job and if i was on tv doing shenanigans and foolishness my co-workers would be the first people to be asking me these questions so i don't know where you all are working doing all these shenanigans you all must be um consultants and independent contractors because i don't know anywhere any corporation where you could be like yes we live a polygamous lifestyle And this is how we live our lives. And, you know, HR not calling you to ask you what the heck is going on. What the heck is going on in your life? So, yes, that's that's my reality rant. So, on to the next question. Dear Sherry, I just started dating this guy and he seems really nice. But he has one really annoying trait. He shishes me. He'll shush me in public, in private. It doesn't make a difference. And I'm starting to get really annoyed by this. Should I say something, or am I just overreacting? Ah, okay, so he's rude. He's not nice. He's rude. Um, yeah, the shushing thing, super, super, super rude. That's right up there with telling someone who is really, really angry to calm down. It's like throwing gasoline, kerosene oil on a fire and then being surprised when it explodes on you. Like you get blowback, it's tossing you down on the lawn. Um, yeah, so right. So sometimes when people do things to you or say, say something to you that's so shocking, the first time they do it, you don't address it. And if you're someone who is not... um. A confrontational person, then you just kind of let it slide the first time, right? You let it slide because you're hoping, okay, well, maybe that won't happen again. Maybe it was an anomaly. And then the second time you're like, huh, okay, so this is like a thing now. And now you go from two to like 15 times it's happened. And with the shushing thing, you this is not uh, you would be surprised at how many people this like occurs with the shushing thing is going to escalate right so when you get shushed in private eventually he's going to take that show on the road right so you're going to be somewhere with your friends or whatever and talking and he's going to be like shh i'm talking and then you're going to feel like 2 inches tall so is one of two things. You're going to either feel 2 inches tall or you're going to want to knock him off his chair WWE style. And then it's like the straw that broke the camel's back and it's like, "Oh my god, why are you why are you reacting this way?" What happened? When this whole time you've been on a slow simmer, slow burn. Yeah, it's rude. It's uber uber uber. Uber rude. And you got to nip it in the bud. Yeah, nip it in the bud. So you could do one of two things. You could bring it up and be like, listen, you know, I wanted to next time, you know, we're having a discussion. Do not shush me. I didn't say anything the last time you did it because, you know, I was just, you know, I was just so surprised that you did it. But I'm just want to let you know that that's a really that's a boundary for me. And it feels like you're making me inconsequential that what I have to say doesn't matter. And what you have to say is more important than what I have to say. And I just want to tell you, it makes, it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel like I want to be with someone who would do that to me. Okay, so that's, that's like the mature adult way of doing it. Alternatively, you can wait until you're having a discussion and he shushes you and you shut it down. You shut it down with a, no, you don't talk to me like that. You don't shush me. That's rude. I wouldn't do it to you. Right? So you let laid out, laid out a little bit of that that anger that I'm sure you're holding because um, you emailed me to ask me if you're overreacting. The fact that you had to email someone to ask them if you're overreacting should tell you that this is an issue And if it's an issue, then no, you're not overreacting, because that is rude. That is rude. That's right up there with cutting somebody off in traffic, parking in a space you saw someone else had their indicator on. It is just, it is a fire starter. And I cannot imagine the ways that this situation will escalate and just get even worse to an all-out disrespect. And... Frankly, he may, he probably is a very nice person, but I find people who do like things like that, which is like a social issue, generally grew up seeing that, right? Like had someone in their life who does it. So chances are his mother, his father, his, you know, grandparents, somebody, he saw somebody do that, saw somebody do it and it was okay. So now he is perpetuating these things in this relationship. But it would behoove you to start from now shutting that down. Okay, first couple of times you did it, you, you, you were shocked. You were shocked and awe And you didn't know what to do. Well, now you have the tools. You can either wait for him to do it again and shut him down hard, hard. Or you can have, you know, a, the mature adult conversation. He might not even realize he's doing it. He might not even realize that he's doing it. And, alternatively, he might also say to you, like, why did it take you so long to say anything? Like, if this is something that you're really upset about, like, now I'm upset with you because you did not tell me that this is something that was bothering you. And I don't want you to think that I'm, like, a bad person and I don't, you know, think what you have to say has merit or meaning you know this might just be the way that I communicate and I wish you had said something because now I feel a way right so that's how the situation gets turned on you like if you had just spoken up in the beginning um you could have you, you could have kind of just um figured out a way through this but now it's it's mushroomed into something bigger and you have to say something so you got to you know, take the chance that he's going to do it again. And he may do it, you know, in a public fashion in front of other people. And then you got to shut him down. And it's like, ooh, nobody wants to be out to dinner with the couple that fights, right? Like bickers and argues. So that's the, that's the risk you run is that the next time he does it, it'll be like in public in front of people that whose opinions you care about. And then you got to shut him down. And then he's going to be embarrassed that you had to embarrass him. And it just escalates from there. It just escalates from there. So you have to address it, though. You have to address it because it's it's super rude. So, I, I'm trying to imagine if he's just, like, shushing you or if he's, like, doing the hand to, like, shush with, like, the two fingers up. Yeah, I had somebody do that to <laughs> I had somebody do that to me once. I have to tell you, um, Ursula, Ursula from The Little Mermaid came out. Ursula, Medusa, all of those people. It was just a trigger for me. So I know for myself, certain things, I like 0 to 100, to flick the light switch on. The shushing would be one of those things, and especially if you're not at a movie theater, um and you're not in a library like those are the only two times when it is acceptable or, or yet yeah, like out at the theater you you know something where someone's performing or something and you're disturbing other people is pretty much the only time someone can respectfully hit you with a shh. But yeah, not if we're having a conversation and you hit me with a shh, unless my life is in danger. Um yeah. That, that's that's going to trigger, yeah, a, a bad reaction. Bad, bad reaction. So I would recommend before this whole thing blows all the way out of proportion, because you seem like you're at a place right now where you're like, I'm not sure if I should be annoyed um, or, you know, if I'm overreacting. Before it escalates too much further, you're going to want to go ahead and address it. Because if it bothers you, it's going to eventually blow right? That's why, that's like a pressure cooker, right? Like, that's why they tell you to release the steam. Go ahead and release the steam in either a controlled manner, or you know what happens with a pressure cooker when you don't release the steam? The top explodes off and just everything is everywhere, right? It's like a projectile missile. So we don't want that. So yes, my recommendation is Go ahead and address it with that man so that it doesn't, you don't know, become the pressure cooker that doesn't release the strain the steam, right? It's easy, it's simple. Have the conversation. You're not overreacting. It's rude. It's a hundred percent rude, but it's okay, because it can be addressed. Woo whoop! Another episode in the back. So Don't forget to subscribe to the Jess Ash Sherry podcast because I will absolutely be posting more episodes of Jess As Sherry. Please tell me what you think, comment, send your questions, DM me, email me because I'm here to listen and I'm here to talk about you. So until we meet again, you know what to do. Just ask Sherry.